This podcast contains content intended for a mature audience and is recommended for ages 18 or older. Please be aware that the content may include subjects involving sex, drugs, violence, and topics that may be sensitive to some listeners. There will also be spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok for podcast updates and upcoming episode announcements. On today's episode of Smut Decoded, we discuss the book Pen Pal by J.T. Geisinger, narrated by Troy Duran and Tara Langella. With the passing of Kayla's husband, she's having a hard time finding her new normal, her life without Michael. Strange things start happening around Kayla's home, and soon she meets Aiden, a grumpy roofer who she starts to fall for. Can Kayla move on and begin a full and happy life, or will her past continue to haunt her? Welcome to Smut Decoded. It's your favorite smut lovers. Hey guys, it's Natalia. Hey y'all, it's Quinn. This book, God, it was such a page turner. There were so many moments that were full of suspense, gave us goosebumps. However, there were other moments that made my body all hot and my stomach <laughs> clench. <laughs> the cool chemistry. <laughs> the chemistry between Aiden and Kayla had both of us needing to take a cold shower. Yeah, definitely. That being said, let's freaking dive into Pen Pal. We want to give a shout out to the narrators. We do. Troy Duran and Tara Langella. Y'all slayed this freaking slayed. book. Yes, did an amazing job. Absolutely slayed. I felt every single second of this book. In fact, I have listened to this book start to finish four times, in addition to the fifth time that I eyeball read it first. So and good. Shout out to JT Geisinger for making me fall in love and traumatizing me at the same time. It was a whirlwind. <laughs> Spoiler alert. No, I'm kidding. Spoiler alert. (laughs) I just want to say, Pen Pal is one of my top standalones for all of 2023. Probably, in fact, one of my top standalones ever. I freaking loved this book. However, Nat and I do not agree on the ending. And we will cover that. And this is very rare that we don't agree on something when it comes to a book. We usually agree. We may not agree about every little thing. We're usually on the same page. We just flow well. And this, we did not. This was mm -mm. huge disagreement. It's fine. We'll get there. We'll get there. Chapter one. (laughs) And JT is notorious for this. We start by lowering a casket into the freaking ground. We're burying... Not a a sex scene. Not a sex scene. (laughs) Into the ground. (laughs) Already, I'm like, man, we're jumping right in. Who died? What's happening? I already have a lot of questions. Let me just say this, because I've read this so many times now since, since February. 
I read this around September last year. It's been a while. I have a really hard time when people on social media, and I'm not saying you specifically, I'm saying like we're in a lot of book groups. Mm -hmm. We've been getting to know a lot of people in the book community. There are certain books that when people would describe them, it just made my stomach hurt because I didn't know if I could handle the content. I'm very new to indie authors. Pen Pal was one of those where I was intrigued, but it really took me a minute to get up the courage, if you will, to actually sit down and read the book. Can I just say something? Of course. I went into this book blind. This is the Which you never do. No, I never do. And I'm never doing it again for this very reason. (laughs) Being honest with you, I will never do that again. Never. Okay, I understand why, but... Oh, we'll get to that. When you... Let me ask you this, though. When you reread it, were you blown away at the amount of Easter eggs that JT, even in chapter one, just chapter one, all the ways that she pointed out the direction this book was going, and I totally missed them the first time around? So I didn't. I knew that... I knew something was up because there was just things that didn't add up. Because who, who's going to stay in a haunted house with all the stuff that was going on? Apparently Kayla did. Apparently. <laughs> but I would have been like, deuces, I'm out. Y'all can't pay me to stay here. If it would have happened one time, I would have had somebody in there getting all the juju out the first time it happened, to be honest. She's grieving. She, she feels is. sick. She didn't eat once the whole book. There's a reason for that. She couldn't eat. She lost several chunks of time. In the first chapter, we get Dante's first letter to her, which, hello, that's creepy as fuck. We're assuming she comes home from her husband's funeral. She takes a nap, whatever. And there on the kitchen table is this letter. Before we get to the letter, their house. And there's always that question about the haunting thing because her and her husband bought this house. They were in it for like six years. A while. Well, it was a Victorian home. They started to renovate it. Victorian homes are 100 plus years. We actually have a lot of those here in South Louisiana. I love Victorian homes. I can go on for days about Victorian homes. But we know. So they buy this house. They're, no, like seriously, it's a problem. But they buy this house and they've been renovating it. It got costly at one point. So they start to slow down. Husband dies. And quote unquote. Shit just kept breaking. The roof starts leaking, the lights are flickering, light bulbs are bursting, the doorbell is ringing with nobody there. There's a burnt smell. She's having to take care of all this on her own. With all that going on, like you said, she gets this letter. Yeah. I'm sorry, but I don't care who you are or what your name is or where you're writing from. If I get a random letter, from an inmate at a prison yeah addressed to me i might ask like send one letter back and be like who are you i would throw up i would vomit but i wouldn't respond i would probably (laughs) respond once i I would probably respond (laughs) i would probably respond once to ask a bunch of questions it would probably be a page full of questions and then if i didn't get the answers i wanted 
I'm calling some guards up and be like, look, what's going on? How'd this person get my address? So hold on. Question number one. <laughs> Are you hot? Did you, why didn't you send me a picture? They have people who actually do have pen pal, prison pen pals, and they didn't get married. It's a thing. Everyone needs love, Nat. Everyone needs it's to be loved. <laughs> I see TikToks about that all the time. You mentioned weird stuff. Tell me about Fiona and how that reaction made you feel when the housekeeper walks in. I almost shit myself. <laughs> be honest. Was in the kitchen. She was somewhere. And Fiona screams. Kayla's like, what? Like, she was just hi, screaming. what's yeah. your problem? She was like, hi. And Fiona was like, Wait, I think she's just like, are you staying? So you're staying? Well, and it was my yeah, assumption. What are you doing here? Are you staying yeah. here? And it was my, my assumption was that she's asking her that. But first I was like, rude. Yeah. How are you going to ask me if I'm staying in my house? But then I figured maybe because her husband died, she's probably just wondering, are you going to stay in this house by yourself? But then at the same time, I had a lot of different feelings about it. It was, was really confused, awkward. I'll be honest. Her reaction was not normal. Kayla worked out of the home. She illustrated children's books and she had her own office. If Fiona had been cleaning house for them, it wouldn't be abnormal for Kayla to be there. But we didn't know this yet. Like you said, Kayla talks about all the things that are going wrong with the house. And she decides she's going to hire a handyman. His name's Eddie. She explains to Eddie, look, all this weird shit is going on. I don't have anyone here to help me with this. Please help me figure out what's going on with my house. He checks all the outlets. He checks all the electrical wiring box, whatever. I'm not a handyman. I don't know that shit. He basically tells her, look, you're going to need a roofer to come out here, but there is nothing wrong with your electrical. She kind of freaks out. She's like, that's not right. I don't yeah. understand. He doesn't even make her pay for the visit. He says, mm -hmm. look, if I don't find a problem then I'm not going to charge you. And can I just say something real quick? I love when you say that. You can always say something to me. Eddie is a little pothead, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, and I he's, that part. He, he's quirky and he's, he's yeah, man. That's rad. <laughs> yeah. And she's being a judgy-ass Judy, like in her inner dialogue. And I'm like, Kayla, pull the stick out your ass. Seriously. <laughs> I was kind of aggravated with her at that point. And then she also tells him, she explains to him that she mentioned she's like getting a bad headache. And he was like, were well, you under a lot of stress? Because that could be the cause of her foot smell and then burnt smell. So Do I you know what I realized just what? when we were recording this? What? She's always folding towels. I don't remember that. Every single time she says she's getting the towels out of the dryer. She's folding towels. We'll come back to it later, but it just dawned on me why it's always towels. Okay. Make a note of that. Make a so, note. <laughs> Eddie recommends her calling a roofing company. Later on, she was like, oh, I've tried to call several and they won't call me back. He's like, yeah, those roofers are unreliable. Eventually someone shows up. 
Right. Somebody rings the doorbell and she answers the door. And we have the beautiful, the beautiful man himself. Aiden. (laughs) (laughs) Is that your your Troy voice? (laughs) It's my Troy voice. He opens the door. He says one word. And she was like, no, Aiden lives here. What are you doing? This guy is really hot lumberjack chic, if you will. She comments all the time about how big he is. Michael was the stock market Wall Street type. He wore suits. He was educated and he thought he was better than everyone else. He kind of looked down on other people. She didn't go back and get a degree. He had at least two different masters. He got annoyed with her that she wouldn't go back for his degree. Here comes this hot ass roofer who doesn't need a hot ass roofer in their life I almost i almost caused a leak in my roof <laughs> i'm serious i thought about it you just want aiden to show up at your door aiden can come yeah. to my door anytime right right off the bat their chemistry reminded me of enemies to lovers ish because they're baiting each other they're both getting kind of annoyed well he's a broody sarcastic asshole but he my favorite that's <laughs> literally every red flag and we're like give me all those quinn appreciates a red flag yeah i do too it makes them more beautiful they're literally back and forth i like seeing this side of kayla because she was a smart ass and she gave back just as much as he threw at her During her scenes with Aiden, and it's very clear in this scene, she wasn't lost. She wasn't confused. He woke up something in her that later on she realizes she was missing in her life. The difference in her interaction with Aiden versus her interaction with anyone else up to this point was mind-blowing. It was almost a completely different character. You know what made me laugh is that when they got to the estimate of the roof, <laughs> the negotiation, he's like 10000 She and came she, back with like two or 4000 She was like, I don't have that kind of money. And he was like, you don't have any money? <laughs> and she like, I don't have, I don't have that kind of money to, to <laughs> just spend on a roof. She's trying to negotiate. He's like, nine, 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 nine. And she's like, what? If you go down a dollar every day, we're going to be here till next year. He's like, Okay. <laughs> He was such a butthole. Their first interaction was really interesting. It really set the scene, like you said, for the rest of it, because who she was with Aiden versus who she was when she wasn't with Aiden was completely different. It was. She's still struggling, even after he shows up early in the morning, super early. He's like banging on her door. She's like, what are you doing? And he's like, it's 10 after eight. I've been out here for 10 minutes. So once again, we kind of see the lapse in time. Later that day, she's like, I'm going to go check out this grief group. (sighs) The grief group gave me a lot of freaking feels. It gave me feels too. We're both moms. When Kayla goes into this grief group, she sees a woman. She strikes up a conversation with her. She asks her like, hey, because Kayla's feeling very lost at this point. Hey, is this grief group helping you? 
the lady tells her, oh, I've been coming here for five years. When Kayla asks what happened, the mom's like, I lost my daughter at the mall. I answered my husband's phone call. I I let go of her hand for a second and she was gone. She got snatched. That mom had to live with that. And she said she comes because it kind of makes her feel better, but that hurt never goes away. And I know for you and I being moms, that was just a very triggering moment for both of us. We have younger children. With that, yeah, this is my fault. I'm a crime junkie through and through. You are. I listen to the podcast. I always tell Quinn if she goes missing, I'm probably going to find her before (laughs) the cops do. Because, yeah, seriously, that right there, that scene, it did kind of hit hard because I still, I wake up in the middle of the night and I go check on my kids to make sure that their window's not open and they're still in bed. Yeah. You hear all these stories and it's just, it's scary. So that did hit hard. You know, when my alarm system's on, that really, it hurt my heart. It really did. There's a lot to process. And like you said, the, what'd you call it? The egg droppings? Oh, yeah. This was another egg dropping. E- oh, Easter egg. Easter, Easter egg. Egg, <laughs> egg dropping. <laughs> Wait a minute. When I think of egg drop, I think of like in science class where we had to like put a cage around the egg and then you walk up the stairs and you drop well, the egg. I almost said, it's the egg almost drop, guys. Said, I almost said. Almost said. <laughs> almost said rabbit droplings, but I was like, wait. No, that's Easter right. eggs. Easter, Easter eggs. eggs. No, I thought it was egg drop too. I'm like, wait, egg drop soup? I'm kind of hungry. Couldn't re- I couldn't remember. Oh, God. That's that stuff looks like pee. Egg drop soup looks like pee? Okay. I guess egg drop soup does look like pee. I like egg drop soup. After the grief group, Kayla is not – she's not really f- still feeling right. In fact, right after she talks to that mother, she decides she's going to go across the street to the bar. And lo and behold – we find Aiden in the bar. He's sitting at the counter. He's having a drink. Kayla talks about how he put both of his legs around her, like his knees are on either side of her. So she's not totally trapped, but he's almost like putting a protective barrier around her. He propositions her. He's like, hey, I really want to fuck. Like, has anyone ever said that to you at that point i would have been like (laughs) show me where i'd have been like oh right here you need to go do we need to go to the bathroom give me a date and time and yeah here and now here and now is it (laughs) he basically told you he's like i'm really attracted to you i know that there's sadness in your eyes please let me pleasure you let me make you feel good he even says, I want to hear the sound you make when you come from me. And I'm sitting here like, I'll come for you, Ada. <laughs> Any day of the week. Oh, yeah. You tell me Have when. His apartment was right above the bar, so let's go. When he propositions her, she gets emotional. She still has her wedding rings on. Mm-hmm. 
she can't really believe that this is happening. She's like, this is like a conversation out of a romance novel. He's like, here I am. Like, this is happening because I want you. They go in the booth. They have some interactions. She basically turns him down. He tells her, I'm at home from 6 p.m. to 12 a.m. If you come after 12, I'm going to be asleep. She's like, you sound awfully confident you're going to get me to bed. And he's like, yeah, because I am. (laughs) I loved that. And she was like, not today. So she leaves. But then we get another Dante letter. At this point, I didn't care about the Dante letters. No, I didn't either. I thought they were weird and annoying. Yeah, they were kind of irrelevant to me at this point. Because, you know how I told you I went in blind? I was thinking she falls in love with this random person that was sending her letters from the prison. When Aiden comes in the picture and he's like propositioning her, I'm just like, what's the point of the letters? That's why I was just like, I don't care. (laughs) I really don't even remember any of the Dante letters. It's hard to remember them because at the time, until I read through the second, third, fourth, fifth, however many times I can hear Troy Duran in my ears time. They didn't make any sense. As a first Mm -hmm. time reader, they meant nothing. And and even the second time around, I was like, oh, I understand what's happening. Oh, I understand what's going on. This was a really good reread book. Oh, Um, yeah. And I'll just say this. When I, I read a good book, my appreciation grows for it. Usually the second time I read it, you understand things, you look at things differently. But still, like I said, the Dante letter is just really, I was just like, what is the point in this? She goes home after the war. It's storming outside and she goes to bed. This is when shit gets really creepy. I was reading this alone at night in my bed with all the lights off. (laughs) Yeah, like I don't like that shit, you know? Um, So I really don't. It makes me so paranoid. I get very scared. She's in her room. And the thing is with Victorian homes, like we said, they're old. They're off the ground. They are not on a concrete slab like most homes are built these days. When you walk, you hear it throughout the house. She could hear footsteps. Because I can tell you right now, if somebody busted in my house while I was asleep or going to sleep, if they ain't touching nothing or dropping something, I can't hear them walk. Right. She could hear footsteps. I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. It freaks me out. As we sit here recording with the lights off. (laughs) Right. It just really sets the tone for us. I don't know why we do this to ourselves. We need to start doing books like this during the day. She starts hearing these footsteps. And at first she thinks she's just being a little paranoid. But then she continues to hear them. At this point, so she's in a t-shirt, only a t-shirt. No panties, no nothing. No bra. She opens the door and doesn't see anything. But when she goes back in her room, she still hears the footsteps. She throws jeans on and completely hauls ass out of that house. She takes off. And look, she did the right thing because, you know, you have those movies where they try to investigate. Dude, you don't don't investigate that. No, you got to go. Get out. (laughs) So where does she go? She She shows up. At Aiden's, and she's soaked from the rain. When he answers the door, you automatically know what's going to go down. They took a minute to get there. They took a minute, but you, I knew. I did too. 
I was like, when yes, they're, yeah. they're fucking. It's my fucking tracker. So, <laughs> oh God. So um, we're talking a little bit. She's telling him she's thinking somebody broke into the house, but she's not sure. Things just kind of escalated from there. They start kissing and, oh God. What? Your cheeks are already getting red. What? I know. I'm just This was really it. hot. I Oh my God. We have red. I'm flushed. <laughs> I'm, I'm, you're making me flush too. I don't even have my wine today and my face is getting hot. JT does a phenomenal job. Even when I just eyeball read it. She does phenomenal banter and sex. Oh, so good. Throughout Kayla and Aiden's relationship, and we won't touch on every single chapter or every single encounter, but JT really takes the time and doesn't rush the sex scene. If it takes a whole chapter or two, JT gives us a chapter or two at a time. And I'm sitting here totally for it because my body's on fire. I'm thinking some thoughts myself. I'm like, man, this is great. And what I loved about this first scene was you brought this up earlier when we were kind of reviewing everything. She never had these experiences with Michael. It was she so was hot a, for her. I don't know if she never gave oral to a man or she never received. I don't remember. But it was one of those, he calls her baby. She's not mm-hmm. used to being called baby. Or um, terms of endearment in general. Yep. You know, she says she's just a missionary or doggy style, lights off kind of experiences that she had. Their first time having sex, she got to experience a lot of stuff. The fucking floodgates opened. The floodgates opened and they ain't closing. (laughs) He starts calling her his bunny. The next morning, homeboy chases her around the apartment. I'm going to catch you, my bunny. He starts going down on her, right? Oh, my God. Wait. In her inner dialogue, she basically describes it as he's sucking on her clit like he's drawing milk from a nipple. Yes, freaking ma'am. (laughs) holy shit (laughs) she calls him fight club i thought that was hilarious i loved fight club her lion she ends up calling him master at one point he does not hold back it was a great sex scene once he figures out and he was really good with aftercare too yes every time making sure she's okay at one point they talked about a safe word, mm-hmm. um, cheese, cheese, or cheesy. She's like, "You're not going to hurt me, Aiden. I have always felt this instant comfort with you." The big kicker was he was like, "I've hurt someone before." Yeah. Throughout all this time, they're growing their relationship. They're having conversations. Sidebar: Speaking of hurt, I forgot to mention throughout the book, Kayla. I know random bruises. Yes. And it's not explained. She has bruises around her neck. She wears a scarf. She's looking at her wedding picture and she's recalling that day about how she felt sick. She's looking at her wedding picture and she actually sees a fingerprint on her bicep. She thought it was like a smudge on the picture. Without saying it, like getting hurt was not a fear of hers. When done correctly... Yeah, which is what we found out from Aiden. It really turned her on. It ignited her 
sexual desires. Aiden had asked her a couple different times, is he hurting you? She said no at the time, but I thought it was weird that she said no. Then she had the bruises on her neck and she had to wear a scarf. She had the bruise on her arm. So something clearly was going on. We just didn't know what it was at the time. As their relationship's developing, there's a few little things that happen. Like we said, we're not going to go into every single little minor detail, but we're going to just point out a few. He had a buffalo nickel. She started seeing this man, this hooded man in a trench coat. He had this menacing look. He looked angry. He looked unhinged. That buffalo nickel kept popping up. That was weird because it popped up a lot with Aiden after she would see Aiden. Then in her yard, when she saw him in her backyard, that was creepy. Also, she doesn't go in his office. Her husband had an office and she didn't go in there a lot. There was a newspaper that was half covered and it said local man drowns. At one point in her inner dialogue, she was explaining about the day that he drowned. She was saying how when she was talking to police and she was recounting what happened, there were some things she left out because she remembered hearing this manic laughter. Oh, that creeped me out so much. But she couldn't explain where it came from and she also didn't tell the police about it. So that was creepy because I'm like, why would you leave that out? Again, JT, messing with my brain a little bit. There's some other little things that happened. Some blue jays keep Basically, she says committing suicide on her window of the room she was. She had floor-to-ceiling windows. Yeah. She actually looked out there and saw a little boy, too. Yeah, that was uh, she said She thought he was five or six years old. They live <clears throat> on the outskirts of Seattle. It's on a little island. Aiden mentions, I almost missed the ferry. My meeting ran late. So they are mm-hmm. on a secluded area. My understanding was she they had the boat in the back. They had a lake there's not a ton of people around. Who's this little boy? Why is he in my backyard? Where's his mother? And then he just disappears. At this point, Aiden did install an alarm system for her, but tells her if something was breached in the backyard and anything like that. We have another instance where she's hearing the footsteps. This was actually really creepy. She's looking at the app on her phone and it says the backyard wasn't breached. Nothing like that. She's like, okay, this is not, this is weird. So she goes into the kitchen. Oh, God, I remember this. Oh. And all of the kitchen cabinet doors are open. This was the part where the honey, the honey. falls off the, the shelf. It flies off the shelf. Oh, God. Yeah. And smashes onto the floor. Can I sidebar? Yeah. I'm getting a little creeped out right now. <laughs> Is your alarm system on? I'm checking. No. I'm making sure mine's on. I always forget to turn mine on. I don't even think I locked my front door. So please remind oh, me to do that. I always triple check my stuff to make sure before we even sit down for this. Okay. I just turned my alarm on. <laughs> so funny. That's all going on. While this is all happening, their relationship is developing and we have some really hot scenes. Super hot scenes. One in particular is remember I told you when I was re-listening to this the other night, I actually fell asleep. Normally when I fall asleep and I'm listening to an audiobook, I go back to when I what I last remember listening to. So I don't just pick up wherever when I wake up. But I woke up and the audiobook is still going to my AirPod. It's right when this scene starts and when they're in the woods and he's Ugh. chasing her. 
and he's loved this her little bunny she's calling him her master it's a primal it's so fucking primal the fact that i woke up for that was like (laughs) perfect it was perfect you specifically have taken me on such an awakening if you will (laughs) with books truly you have This was suggested to me by someone else, but you read it before me. And let me tell you, Primal, what in the actual fuck? I lost my marbles reading, listening, learning about Primal for the first time. I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. I'm like, okay, let's get chased in the woods. Let's get pushed up against a tree, scrape up my knees, get some leaves in my hair. yeah. He was so worried that he hurt her. He was. She was like, I'll take these little bumps and bruises if I can experience that every day pretty much. That's right. It was just so hot. There's another one. There was some foreplay going on. She sits on his face. She disobeys him at some point and he ends up putting it in her butt oh yeah a couple times throughout the book he was like if you keep wiggling that ass at me i'm gonna take it i was like oh shit shit and he (laughs) did he take it he did but that was a really hot anal scene i don't care yeah and she like broke down crying at one point after they both when they both started realizing how special their connection was because Aiden felt it too. He starts off as Barney badass. His dad was super abusive to his mom. In the beginning, she calls him Mr. Lee, right? Repeatedly. And he's like, please don't call me that. I don't like my father. We don't have a good relationship. P.S. Later on, Aiden's like, by the way, I killed him. The compassion that Kayla had for him She's just like, Aiden, I don't care what you've done up to this point. Obviously, I care what you do now that we're seeing each other. She helped melt him and he fired her up. It was so beautiful because he had such a hard exterior. But then with her, they had all these tender moments. Oh, he's washing her hair. Oh, he's putting Neosporin on her knees, making her eggs. I love it. Yeah. What I noticed is that Aiden was exactly what she needed. She was broken. She lost her husband. There was just a lot going on and he really grounded her. I really loved seeing that side of Aiden. He comes off as the broody asshole, but he really, he brings Kayla back to life pretty much. Oh, he really does. I can't believe I just said that. (laughs) Oh my God. Slap me in the face. Anyway, you're too far away. He puts her pieces back together and makes her whole again. She also discovers this whole different side of herself. Yeah. The sexual part that I think that is amazing. Women should be able to discover what they like and don't like. Aiden does that for her. He unlocks something and look, that door's open and there's no closing it. Like you said, the floodgates have opened. There's no going back. I think it's amazing. He even tells her, I'm, he was like, I've never done this before. She laughs and she was like, you're full of shit. Like you've had sex before. He's like, no, I'm talking relationship. He's just never, but he's so good at it. 
He said, I've never found someone that was worth my time. We get to a point where some things happen and basically he says, look, you're still wearing your ring. You need to figure out you until that happens. I'm out. Which that doesn't last very long. Maybe not to us, but I feel like to her it it did. She goes to try to find that therapist because she is David lost. Letterman. David Letterman. Thanks, Eddie. <laughs> the office doesn't exist. So instead, she walks into a fortune teller. She even asks the fortune teller, how do I move on from my husband? The grandma shuts the door in her face when oh, she knocks on the door. And there's a reason why. The younger one comes in. Oh, I'm so sorry. She can't see very well. Come on in and I'll help you. She lays out the cards. I know the lover's card is there, but it's upside down. There's some type of sword betrayal card, but it's upside down. Basically, and I don't remember the third card, but basically it's like you've been betrayed. You have found love, but then you were betrayed. Oh, it was the death card. And she's like, and I'm showing that you die. Kayla's like, that's fucking weird. I'm not dead. Why would you tell me I'm going to die? Then Kayla leaves. And eventually we have Fiona and her sister Claire at the house. Throughout the book, Fiona brings up, Kayla, you should have a seance. There's a full moon or whatever in three weeks. Kayla's like, yeah, whatever. I think that's ridiculous. She finally agrees to it because nothing is working. There's still all these issues in her house. She's seeing this guy in the trench coat. Claire, Fiona's sister, comes over and they go set up in Michael's office. This entire part creeped me the fuck out. Okay, Kayla, go take off your ring. Okay, I left it upstairs in my bedroom. Everyone put their hands flat on the table and if whatever happens, do not leave this room. And so and they don't start freak to, out. And don't but freak out. But she freaks out. She freaks the fuck out. The ghost says that they know her. There's knocking. There's wind. Shit is happening. Kayla runs from the room and goes and curls up in the fetal position in the kitchen. Then Claire says the comment, we don't have a lot of time. And I'm like, this whole time, I truly believed Michael was the ghost haunting Kayla because of how she killed him or whatever. Then they're telling her to do some investigation. The ghost said they knew you. Okay, we'll look up the owners of the home. Maybe it was a previous owner of the home. Kayla even thought it was her parents because her parents had passed away years before. Michael was really all she had at this point in her life. She looks up the ownership to the home. The home is not owned by Michael and Kayla Reese. It's owned by the Wainwright family. Then they encouraged Kayla to call her detective friend. She was going to ask him some questions. And no, 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 the detective interviewed me right after Michael's death. He can tell you. He knows. So they have her call the police station. Here's the only hole in this. You're probably not expecting me to say this. How could they have talked to her? Based on the direction where we're going, how did the police department talk to her? Yeah, because nobody else would answer her calls. Unless they're gifted I'm jumping ahead. She tries to call the police department. The police department says, sorry, detective so-and-so died six months ago. You must be mistaken. Kayla's like, that's not right. I just talked to him. He interviewed me after the accident. And there's a little bit of a gap as far as her ring is falling through the ceiling. 
the buffalo nickel shows up. Basically, the sisters show Kayla that she's the one that's dead. Done. Michael is the one that killed her. What? You look... I know you really love this chapter or this grouping of chapters. So let's get to that. Let's do it. There's like flashback, right? It's it takes her- us back to four months prior. It's her and Aiden in the house. They're having hot sex. They have champagne and strawberries. Her and Michael separated. Yes. All the Adam stuff was real. Michael was a schizophrenic. He was unstable on and off his medications. He was abusive. He also caused Kayla a miscarriage because he, he thought- kicked her in the stomach. Yeah. He thought she was some aliens or broccoli. He was very unstable. They were separated. That's when her and Aiden met and their relationship grew. They're at the house. It's New Year's Eve. And she still has her and Michael's boat. It's like a sailboat. They decide they're going to go on the boat. Aiden brings everything. When they get on the boat, Aiden goes under the deck. When she goes down, she sees that Michael is standing there with a gun pointed straight at Aiden. Mm. My heart was in my fucking ass at this moment. Oh, my God. I felt sick. My heart fell out of my ass (laughs) at this point because he's talking to all this crazy stuff. You can tell he's really just not there mentally. And he wasn't taking his meds. He he thought he was so intelligent that he refused to take his meds, even though he knew he was schizophrenic. She's trying to talk him down. And Aiden, this is what really was the icing on the cake for me, was Aiden looked at her and there was resolve, acceptance. It's going to be okay in mm. his eyes. He was going giving to me chills her. just talking about it like this. She was like, no, this, no. This is not how this is going to end. The fact that Aiden just just knew what was going to happen. He knew that there was no way to stop Michael. There was no No. way. Not with a gun trained on him. He shot Aiden in the head. At that point, I think I died a little bit with him. Well, their love story. Their love story was riveting. It was, he put her back together. She went through a lot. And, and so did he. Yes, he did. Yes, absolutely. So they, they fit they together like healed. a puzzle. They healed each other. And they found themselves in each other. And Ugh. coming from somebody like my grandmother's schizophrenic. Guys, she is on her meds. She's stable. Don't worry about that. Every <laughs> couple of years, she might stop taking her meds. But we get her right back on it and she's fine. But it's exhausting. It's exhausting to have a family member with that serious of a mental illness. For that to be her husband, he thinks he's intelligent. He doesn't want to take his meds. She's suffered through a lot. Then she finds this beautiful lumberjack-looking man. Was it a lumberjack she described him as? Yes, because he kept wearing the flannel. For him to just look at her and accept the fact that if he took this bullet, he thought he would be somehow safe. He would save her. But it doesn't. She tries to run and Michael basically hits her on the head with the shovel She was off of the side of the boat. No one can see my hand gestures, but he's holding her by the neck. She's in the water. 
She okay. is submerged. Yeah. But she's facing him. When she looks up, she can see the and fireworks. He, and he's laughing. He's laughing his fucking ass off. And that's where that laugh. Oh, wait. What about the towels? Okay. I'm glad you remembered that. I think she kept washing and drying or drying towels because she died being fucking drowned. Yes. That did not click to me, Nat, until today. I've read this book five fucking times and I'm sitting to myself, towels? She never had any jeans. I mean, she wore jeans, ate and dried her jeans, but every time she did laundry two or three times at her house, it was always I'm folding or drying towels because she fucking drowned. So of course she's drying towels. You know, drowning is a painful, painful fucking death. Think about it. Drowning and burning. Oh, God, no. Sidebar to the sidebar. You and I, (laughs) this is where we disagree. I'm going in. You and I are very adamant. Okay, okay. Before you go in, (laughs) before you go in. Okay. Let's just say this. Yeah. She is the one that's been haunting the house. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. This was actually kind of like exorcism. Yeah, pretty much exercising the spirit from the house. But also the housekeeper, they couldn't come out and tell her that she was dead. She had to figure it out on her own in order for her to be able to pass over. You actually do see the mom and the child. The little boy was actually the son of the owners. He actually sees Kayla because he's he's a child, gifted. No, he's because he's a child. It's gifted children. No, I thought it was children and then people who were gifted. Okay, whatever. Either way. He's a gifted child. Either way. <laughs> okay. So, like I said, Aiden's dead. I'm done. Like, processing. Are you ready for me she, to go there? She had to figure it out on her own. These Dante letters were Aiden. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, and by the way, her husband's not dead. He's actually... In the Washington, what did you say, Washington State Penitentiary? Yep. Go He's ahead. actually staying there. Use, just say it. After Kayla puts all the puzzles together, Aiden put a life jacket on the front porch. She sees the life jacket and she's like, oh, holy yeah. shit, Michael killed us. But then once Kayla passes over, because now we understand what Kayla wants. Kayla wants revenge. She's mm-hmm. angry. She's super upset. She just found the love of her life and her soulmate. And her crazy ass separated, estranged husband and killed him. Is and her. I don't know. I now <laughs> now that Aiden's dead, I'm getting all pissed off again too. Oh no. Nat and I are super adamant about one thing, you guys, when we read these books. Just go ahead and say what their ending is. Oh, they're both dead. Okay. So they're both dead. They go to the, the oh, you waited for me. Oh, I'm always gonna wait for you. Then they go to the penitentiary. Michael is being interviewed by a psychiatrist because he's on trial now for two first-degree murders. And the doctor's evaluating him. He's being all pompous and assholey, basically being like, I'm way too smart to be here. I don't understand why I'm here. It turns out Michael was actually having an affair with the colleague that was crying behind Kayla in chapter one. They had a longstanding affair. Michael took out a life insurance policy before he killed Kayla. So it was premeditated. Aiden, unfortunately, kind of sounded like 
a casualty, like crossfire, oh, no. because yeah. had Aiden not been with Kayla, Michael still was going to kill Kayla. He wanted that money because they spent all their money actually on his fucking medication that he never took. Some of it was on the house, but a lot of it was Michael was sick and needed the treatment. He kept damaging things around the house. They go to the penitentiary together and they haunt his ass. He can see them. He starts tripping. He freaks the fuck out, leaves out of there, and that's how the book ends. But, but. (laughs) This is not an HEA. I'm sorry. Okay. Nat and I have a rule. We read a lot of books together. She's actually read quite a bit more than me. She'll recommend things that she enjoyed. But my hard and fast rule is I have to have a happily ever after. You can put me through all the trauma you want, break my heart, stomp on it, grind it with your foot. If I get my happy ending, I still enjoy the journey. I believe that this was a happy ending. So JT said that it was an unconventional HEA. Yes. However, I beg to differ because, yes, they're in there together in the afterlife, haunting her psychotic husband, whatever. I don't care. They're dead. They are dead. And they died in a very traumatic way. That is not an HEA. That is trauma. But you're missing the point. No. Yes, you are. No. If Can they she... even have sex in the afterlife? Sure. We don't know that. They don't I, even say I, that. I hope they're having all the hot ghost sex they want. Aiden's death. And don't get me wrong. She died in a very horrific way too. But he died first. He did. And she had to watch and it. She even described she the it. brain matter all over the walls of the cabin and everything else. Stop. You're going to make me upset. Okay. <laughs> More upset than I are him. Like he really thought that he was saving her by taking the bullet that just pisses me off no it doesn't piss me off it breaks my heart okay hold on okay would you have rather him die and her live or would you rather them both die and you cannot say i went and both to live you have to pick one i played the fifth damn it nat you <laughs> that's not the point of the exercise for me because I have a right okay <laughs> no i i mean Don't get me wrong. This was super traumatic, but in the best way. JT just released Liars Like Us. I'm going to run and read that fucking book, okay? Because I love JT. When's the audio coming out? I don't know. We can ask some of our friends. However, however, to me, for this storyline, this was as happy as it was going to get. And I accept that. I would have been more pissed if... Aiden would have died and Kayla would have lived because you know what? She would have offed herself anyway so she could go be with him. There was never a way Kayla Reese would have moved on knowing that he died for her like that with the love that they had. Zero chance. That's how I feel. If they just would have not gone on the boat. If Aiden never would have met her, he wouldn't have died. But here we are. Here we are. Four months of... The biggest love of your life. Was it worth it? Some people would say no, but to Kayla and Aiden, I think it was. You have a very good point. It doesn't mean how to agree. Oh, I'm I still, I do not expect you to agree with me on this. I, no, you do make a very, and if I wasn't so upset, maybe tomorrow, once I think of sleep <laughs> and think it over, <laughs> I might feel differently. 
You've thought but about I mean, this book for almost a year. If I yeah, can't change still, your mind in three right. months. I'm just, look, I'm just bullshitting you, to be honest. I know you are. I- but guys, one of our goals is we want to try and introduce ourselves to books that do not have HEAs. When did I agree to this? <laughs> we agreed that we have to broaden our horizon. Now, we love a whole variety of stuff. We do. But we do not, besides Pen Pal, because it's not an HEA, we do not read books that do not have HEAs. We and read so, another one that wasn't an HEA by a very what? famous author that we're going to cover. What? Verity. See, that's make your own ending type thing. We'll discuss that at a later date. <laughs> but honestly, I'm not even that traumatized by that book because... Are you kidding me? We're we're gonna go down a rabbit hole. I can't. Yeah, we'll let's save that, that for another day. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Okay, so we'll talk about that soon. <laughs> if y'all have any recommendations, but can y'all but go easy on us? We need to start like baby Small. steps because you see, it's almost been a year since I read Pin Pal, and I'm still upset by it. Some people can even say that's an HEA, and it's not. It's really not. It is an HEA for me for this storyline. It was the best possible ending we could have gotten. With the story. Thank you, JT. Oh, a phenomenal book. She <laughs> phenomenal, but man, I'm not going in blind ever again. That is the one and only time I've went in blind for a book. And I'm not doing it again. No spoilers. See the results. Thank you. I stopped reading ahead. Oh, I go on Goodreads. I do not. If I start getting anxiety, then I need to know something. I have to get the answer. And it doesn't ruin the book for me. But we're rambling. and (laughs) we need to go to bed we do guys we will see you or talk to you on wednesday y'all have a good night have a good night y'all smut love join us every wednesday for a new episode on smut decoded smut decoded was created and produced by us natalia and quinn If you want to chat with us about an episode or send us any book recommendations, join our Smut Decoded discussion group on Facebook. We would love to hear from you.